Stay Legit, The Why and How of Securing Rights for Music and Film Clips in Your Productions. That's our topic for this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is Legit Podcast Pro and I'm Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer. Today, we're diving deep into a critical subject every content creator should be intimately familiar with, the need to seek permissions when using third-party content in your podcast or your YouTube videos or whatever, any kind of production. And we'll also cover a bit of the how that's involved in getting the permissions that you need. Now, before we delve into the how-tos, it is vital to understand a little bit about copyright law. Copyright is the kind of legal protection that's given to creators for their original works. Whether it's books or movies or the music and sound effects you use in your podcast, copyright law ensures that creators have exclusive rights over their intellectual property. So if you use someone else's work without permission, you are violating these rights, and that can have some pretty serious legal and reputational consequences. Ownership of a copyright comes from the mere act of authorship, and the protection lasts a really long time. So it's safe to assume almost anything you'd want to use in your productions is protected by copyright. So here are a few of the reasons why it's then necessary to get permission. Number one is the legal. This is pretty straightforward. Nobody wants to be slapped with a lawsuit using copyrighted material without proper permission or legal right, that's copyright infringement, and it carries some pretty strong consequences. Restraining orders, injunctions, and monetary damages that could go as high as $150,000 per infringement could make this pretty painful if you're caught infringing. And platforms like YouTube and Spotify, they have strict guidelines. Violate them and your content could be taken down or your channel might face penalties or could even be removed completely from the platform. But there are ethical reasons as well. After all, we're all creators here, right? Respecting other people's works just as we want our works respected builds a foundation of trust and credibility in the creator community. It's not just about avoiding penalties. It's also about being fair and just, and about doing the right thing. And then there's the economic reasons. Unauthorized use of copyrighted material can hurt your pocketbook, from losing revenue due to the content being taken down or facing barriers to monetization. It is an economic risk that it's just not worth taking. So, what kinds of content require permission? Well, I'm going to give you a partial list, but understand that it's not exhaustive. Music, sound effects, yeah, your intro music, you need permission. That catchy tune in the background, yes, you need permission. That funky space alien sound effect that you found, yeah, the creator of that effect owns that copyright, and so you need permission. Your guest is a musician and plays their own music, well, tricky, but it's best to assume that you do need to get separate permission. Artists often sign deals with record labels and music publishers that give those companies either ownership of the songs or the exclusive right to control the licensing. So unless it's a local unsigned act, assume you need to get some permission and ask them from whom. Clips from movies or TV shows, even if it's just a very short 10-second clip, needs permission. If it's a short clip from a newscast, it needs permission. An interview segment, just because you found something out on the internet that you picked up and inserted, 
That doesn't mean it's up for grabs. That goes the same for artwork and photography and graphics, visuals that you might use in your video podcasts or as cover art or on the website for your, for your uh, podcast episode or whatever. All of those things, you need permission. Literary excerpts, quoting someone else's writings, prose and poetry, fundamentally the same as writing songs. So again, the author owns the copyright and you're going to need to get that permission from the author or the owner. Now, before I get into some of the ways you go about getting permission and some of the alternatives to that, I just want to tell you about something that I've created that I think you might like, and it's absolutely free. It's an on-demand workshop that could just revolutionize your podcasting journey. If you're ready to level up your podcasting game, join me, Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, as I spill the beans on the biggest legal mistakes I see podcasters making all the time and some easy solutions, steps you can take right now to protect yourself, your content, and your money. Whether you are a seasoned podcaster or just starting out, this training is the golden ticket to your success. So here's what you can expect. You'll uncover the common legal traps and how to expertly navigate them. You'll arm yourself with game-changing strategies to safeguard your podcast from these high risks that sometimes arise. You'll streamline your business processes, your onboarding procedures, your team relationships, so you have smoother operations that can lead to big growth. And you'll set yourself up for success and growth and profit when it's time to monetize the show. So, are you ready to elevate your podcasting game? If so, don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity. Register for this on-demand workshop or training, call it a video or a webinar, whatever you like. It's at gordonfiremark.com slash podcaster training, all one word, gordonfiremark.com slash podcaster training. And let's take your podcast to the next level together. Well, okay. So how do you go about getting this permission that you need from a content owner, the author of a, or the composer or writer of a song or something like that? Well, start, start out by reaching out to the original creator, or copyright holder. That means, of course, that the first step is going to be identifying who the owner actually is. Now, it's usually possible with a little basic online searching, or if in the case of music, maybe you've got a CD and you can look at the liner notes or something like that. Now, I'm going to put together another training specifically on this topic in the coming weeks, and we'll probably do that as an episode here. So stay tuned. But once you've identified whom you need to ask for permission, you next need to figure out what you're actually asking for. Now, usually the owner and licensor is going to want to know how much of the thing you're going to use and how you're using it, meaning the context, the surrounding content, the overall tone of things in your production, and of course, the scope and manner and means that your material is going to be distributed. So roughly how many downloads and views you expect your project to get or what other kind of purpose this project is going to have. If you're building an online course, you need to stay, tell them you know, what you expect to charge for it and how many customers you have and those kinds of things. And then you ask. Now, sometimes there's an online form you can use to ask for permission or a license. And other times, well, you just need to reach out in writing and ask for what you need. If you are able to pay something, it might make sense to just include an offer of some amount that you think is reasonable. And if you're asking for free permission, say so. Licensors often use the term gratis license when they're talking about this, and it makes sense to speak their lingo. Now, always, and I do mean always, try to get written agreements. 
concrete proof of permission that you've gotten can save you from lots of potential headaches and disputes. Email can work. Just make sure you keep the electronic paper trail for your records. But it is usually better to have an actual signed license agreement, a PDF or something. It's always worth asking for one. Now, other options. Not every creator is going to be directly reachable. So you want to look at whether there is some kind of pre-established license mechanism. You might want to familiarize yourself with the Creative Commons licenses. And there are also platforms like Shutterstock for images or Epidemic Sound for music and sound effects that offer content that's ready for royalty-free licensing. Now, you're not going to get that famous song that you really have to use for your theme, but you can find some really good stuff using these tools. And then there's the platform-provided material. Some platforms like YouTube and TikTok and maybe some others, they've pre-negotiated deals for certain content. So if you are creating for those platforms, it makes sense to check on whether there's something there that you can use. But do be careful because reposting that material you create on one platform onto others or distributing it in an RSS feed, well, that might not be permitted. So be sure you read the terms and conditions of these pre-negotiated license arrangements carefully. Now, the fourth thing you might want to think about is the fair use doctrine, but this is a tricky, tricky thing. Fair use allows for limited use of copyrighted material without permission for certain purposes, purposes like criticism or commentary or education, and this arises under the First Amendment free speech, so it's a specifically U.S. provision. But fair use has its limitations, and it's often misunderstood and misapplied. It involves a complex four-factor analysis that has to be done in each case for each use, and there really aren't any rules of thumb that you can rely on. I know people say things like four bars of music, or I can use 10 seconds, or I'm not making any money from it, so it's okay. Those things are just plain false. They don't work. They don't apply. They are oversimplifications easy for me to say, they're oversimplifications of some of the factors. So don't fall into the trap of relying on these fake rules of thumb. Now, I've got a video explainer about fair use over at firemark.com slash fair use, and I'm going to drop that link in the description here so you can check it out. Now, some kinds of shows are more likely to wind up being found to be fair use as others. So if you're very confident that what you're doing is fair use, well, at least consult with an expert before you publish, just to be sure. But really, my advice for most creators is not to rely on fair use in most situations. It is likely that your content will still get flagged and taken down with all the attendant hassles and risks involved in that, and you could get copyright strikes. And if you do get sued, well, defending on the basis of fair use is very time-consuming, very fact-specific, and very, very expensive. So what are some alternatives to using copyrighted content in your productions? Well, if getting permissions seems daunting, there are a couple of alternatives. The best one is to create original content. Either do it yourself or hire somebody to create music for you or the graphics that you need or whatever. It requires a little bit more effort, but nothing beats originality, and that's how you really get ahead. There are also tons of resources offering royalty-free music and images and more, so you could dive into those. And it makes sense to partner and collaborate with other creators, and that can really open doors to mutual content sharing and other kinds of things. And finally, there's the public domain. 
look for material that's old enough that it has fallen into the public domain. That Right now, that means 95 years old. As I'm recording this, we're in the middle of 2023, so that means that any work created prior to 1928, 95 years ago, that has seen its copyright protection expire. And that means that you can use it without needing any permission at all. But do be careful, because you might be using an old public domain musical song or musical composition, but it was recorded by a band in the 1950s or 70s or last year. That new recording is protected by copyright. It's just the composition, the song, that isn't. Or a new edition of an old book. Well, the new material that's in that edition can also be protected. Now, let's take a minute to underline why this topic is so crucial. The legal percussions uh, uh, from copyright infringement are pretty significant. The possibility of facing lawsuits is really very real. And you could lose your reputation. Trust once lost is very hard to rebuild. And in the creator space, let's face it, reputation really is everything. Sponsors and, and financing sources don't want to be involved in possibly hot potato lawsuit inducing kinds of things. So they're looking hard at your reputation and they don't want to uh, pick up that hot potato. And platforms can ban you. Your hard work could vanish if you get you know, your, your account taken down off of YouTube or your uh, hosting for your podcast goes away or something like that. So let's just conclude by saying that respecting intellectual property isn't just a legal necessity. It is a testament to your integrity as a creator. You would expect that uh, what you create will be treated respectfully. So I say, do unto others content as you would have others do unto yours. Get permissions or consider alternatives. When in doubt, consult an expert in media, entertainment, and intellectual property law like yours truly and uh, and get the advice and input that you need. I'm Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and that's going to do it for another episode of Legit Podcast Pro. Hey, if you are finding value or enjoyment in these episodes, please show it some love. Hit like, share, subscribe, and please tell your friends and colleagues about the show. And leave a review in Apple Podcasts, uh, which can really, really help me a lot. Thank you. And don't forget, check out that on-demand training over at gordonfiremark.com slash podcaster training. And finally, remember that knowledge is your best defense. That's why I do this. So stay informed, stay legit, and grow and be successful. And above all, the world needs your message. So keep on creating. And with that, I'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.